are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse, recorded here at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Kelly Marcellus, president and CEO of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Lisa Smith, the 2020 board chair of the Plano Chamber. This podcast is brought to you by WorkSuites. WorkSuites full-service offices, meeting rooms, and co-working spaces are move-in ready with no long-term lease and minimal upfront capital. Check out any of their 15 DFW locations at WorkSuites.com. Okay, it's time. It's time to give you a little bit of inside baseball and introduce you to today's guest. Our guest for this episode is one that has been vital to making the podcast a reality, which you might not know if you've never joined us for a recording. Um, we think of him as our Plano Pulse MVP, the podcast guru, and he happens to also be the owner of White Rock Films, Bill Brock. Bill has nearly 20 years of experience as the video guy, which includes covering events, creating training videos, filming business promotions, all the good stuff, and creating this podcast. Bill, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a truly auspicious day when the podcaster <laughs> becomes the podcaster. Ah. Yes, yes. Well, let's start by having you give us a little bit of an intro to White Rock Films and all of the services you provide. Well, in a nutshell, White Rock Films is a producer. We basically come in and can help you plan, script, design, storyboard, you know, your message to the world. So producing videos, training videos, uh, promotional videos, educational videos, all sorts of options out there. You know, like even if you want to have a YouTube channel, um, TV programs, we actually record a number of TV programs that are on Roku and Fire TV, you know, with other platforms that I'm involved in. So yeah, basically uh, you need to get your message out to the world, whether it's audio or video. I would love to help you. That's great. So how'd you get involved with the uh, the film and video industry? Well, you know, it was kind of a while ago, so sometimes, you know, the memory of it's a little foggy, but <laughs> no, it happened back in uh, 2001, basically, you know, we all know what happened back in 2001. At that time, I was a... Uh, I was a business technology consultant with PricewaterhouseCoopers and then moved to IBM. So I was traveling a lot. And, you know, after 9-11, um, travel basically went to zero. And uh, that was kind of the end of the dot-com bubble. Basically, at that point, I was looking for a new career. And uh, I'd had a history in college. I was the photo editor for our student magazine. And it always kind of, you know, played around with video and photography. So I decided to uh, turn it into a business. And that's why I started, because, you know, at that point, taking kind of control of my own destiny, you know, not leaving it to the whims of the industry, basically, the ups and downs. Very cool. Well, I feel like I'm a little late to the party. I finally cut the cord on cable and those types of things. And I feel like most of my content comes through YouTube these days. Um, but another area where we see our companies kind of trying to keep up a lot is in websites. And a basic image and text website isn't really cutting it anymore. Video is integrated into websites and social media so much. So how has the surge in the internet's appetite for video content impacted your business and, and kind of your industry overall? Well, overall, it has a pretty low barrier to entry. Anyone can do it now. I mean, you can pull out your iPhone and make a video, a selfie video. And I mean, there are countless talking heads on YouTube, you know. 
So basically, that does saturate the market with a lot of low-quality audio and video. But even though the iPhones and stuff are actually getting higher quality, but it doesn't really help the marketplace because there's no real focus. So it doesn't help the brand either. But that's what made you guys great at what you do is you're dedicated yourself to learning how to do it well and offer a higher level of experience for both listeners and the brand with your voice. So it takes, you know, practice. If you want to get good at it and get that message, you got to actually do it and take the time to do it. It is. It's a lot more than just point and shoot and make it up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it shows. Mm -hmm. And it shows. Well, that brings us to the question then, as you've alluded to, why should business owners be investing in video? And what types of videos do you think are most impactful for small businesses who may not have that huge budget? Well, you know, that's the thing. I mean, one of the first questions people always ask me is, how much is it going to cost to do this or that? And with video, you know, you can go you can go full Lamborghini or you can go, you know, Honda Civic. It just depends on what you're looking for out of it. So like any service provider, we look at the amount of time and effort it's, and equipment it's going to take to do what we're being asked to do. So if you have realistic expectations, you know, we try to, you know, I try to have a partnership. I try to work closely with my clients to figure out what works with their budget because that is one of my first questions, what's your budget? Because it helps us kind of focus in on roughly what level that's going to be. Am I going to be able to hire a crew? Are we going to be able to do different locations? You know, how much time? So all that really helps to kind of hone in. So I guess if you're looking for a video, try to have at least some idea of what you can afford to spend. And then based on that, we can figure out what's going to be the best fit for you. But can you can you handle any budget? You know, I've worked with large companies like Verizon and Apple. I've built crews for them, you know, local crews when they sent in producers. So, yes, I've actually worked on the large productions that require a larger, more complicated crews and location scouting, things like that. So, yes, absolutely. But, yeah, that tends to be more rare these days. Well, and speaking as a Honda Civic style buyer, <laughs> you have worked with us on a limited budget as well, and I'm sure for for our small business members can can work to help them understand what they can afford as well. Absolutely, and you know that's the thing. I really love what I do, so it's like if I could do this for free for everyone, I would. But you know, obviously, we all have bills to pay, expensive equipment to buy. We just have to find that right balance to be able to stay in business and to uh, help people achieve what their goals are. How long does an average project take you to put together? An average project, uh, it depends. Now, look, you know, when people come to me with like a very, you know, with a lower budget, you know, I tend to, you know, kind of, okay, if you want to try to be in that range, I tend to say, okay, well, then I need some help from you with the actual planning. You know, so if you need to kind of do a pass at a, writing a script, if a script's required, or do we need to do a storyboard to kind of figure out, you know, the flow of things, I kind of, you know, give them some guidance on that to help me out. With the higher budget ones, you know, I can have more time to be involved in the actual, you know, planning, whether that's, you know, the creative design and so on. So if a company comes to you and needs some help, maybe just with the editing process, they've done some fun things with 
with, like you said, an iPhone or any phone, or they have some raw video footage, but they just need some help putting it into some a marketing form or some vignettes. Can you help them with that as well? Yes, absolutely. I've, you know, I've come into projects late in the game where, you know, for some reason some ball was dropped and they just basically needed somebody to clean everything up. Absolutely. So yes, I can take sources from pretty much any media, whether it be a little handy cam, an iPhone, uh, GoPro Hero, absolutely. And, you know, obviously what takes time with that is because when you when I don't actually shoot it, I actually have to watch the clips and see what the content is. So that's time consuming. But yes, absolutely. All that footage can then be gathered and then we can figure out what the goal is for the video. You know, and that's, and that's one thing with editing is, you know, it is a creative process. You know, there is some science to it, but there's also organization. You kind of have to know what you're dealing with when you're getting hundreds of clips and all that stuff in your editing suite. And, you know, you actually have to sit there, watch each one, figure out what it is, and then you have to figure out how to put it all together. And that's kind of the creative process is how to create that flow to create the video that's going to be compelling for people to watch and communicate the uh, message that's desired from it. So switching gears just for a second from the editing process to live. So live is kind of the, well, seems like a newer thing. We get live streams of events. We get live news coverage on our different social media feeds. Do you help companies set up live streaming or and, and kind of what's your thought on live? Yeah, absolutely. Live is definitely a different beast. Now, you know, typically when you're talking about a video project, you've got two segments. You've got the shoot, which is actually the day when we're gathering the footage. And then there's the edit, which is, you know, what you're going to turn that all that footage into. So with a live event, you're basically doing the shoot and the edit in kind of one compact form. Now, what's great about that is, uh, you know, we have systems and I have a partner I work with, you know, because, you know, a lot of these you can't do yourself, you know, master, mm -hmm. you know, you, if you're trying to do everything, you're going to be kind of a master of none at a given point. So with the editing, um, you know, we usually have like a computer that operates as a switcher. So we can actually take multiple input sources like PowerPoints, other video cameras, and actually live switch it and transmit it. And we do this for some corporations for their town hall meetings and things like that. So it kind of creates a nice cohesive program that's live. And what's great about that is that can be more of a fixed cost because you don't then have the have to figure out the edit afterwards you know mm. figure out what's going to be involved you're just doing it all then and there so it's easier to figure out a budget for that and to just uh, do it and then deliver the product that was actually switched and edited live so that actually streamlines the process you get much faster delivery and the quality is there based on the production that's put into it very cool. Well, we'll have more questions for Bill on one of his favorite topics and ours, podcasts. But first, let's take a quick break for a message from our presenting sponsor of the Plano Pulse, Work Suites. If you're trying to work from home and not getting the job done, move your offices to Work Suites. Work Suites shared offices are designed for privacy, productivity, and professionality. Their turnkey offices are move-in ready and equipped with meeting rooms, co-working spaces, full-service coffee lounge, and the latest IT infrastructure. They take care of all the office details so you can focus on running your business. Contact WorkSuites.com 
or call 888-312-WORK to check out one of their three Plano locations or 15 DFW area locations. That's 888-312-WORK or worksuites.com. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're joined today by Bill Brock, owner of White Rock Films. Bill, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Well, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you are our podcast king here for the Plano Pulse podcast, making us look or sound good. How did you get into producing podcasts, and what other podcasts do you work on? Well, I became the chief production officer at Offbeat Business Media, which is the basically the engine behind the OBBM network. And we use a network programming approach for local business promotion. So I get to hear a lot of great you know, conversations that I'm recording, you know, including the Plano Pulse. Basically, that's how I kind of got started into it. You know, it's, it's not just as simple as producing a podcast or a video these days. You kind of have to help people have a vision of what to do with it. I basically became part and helped start this other company, which is a platform for actually delivering the media, getting it out there, promoting it, and helping the companies market it, and also giving them a revenue option where we can help find advertisers and things like that so people can actually make money with their podcasts and you know TV shows. But we also aren't just on the internet. We also are on Roku and Fire TV as well with channels that we've set up there. So anyone can do a podcast, but you offer them the support to really make it successful. Yes, yes. That platform is what helps it get out there. And as we know, with you know a lot of the uh, social media, it's really hard to compete with the big companies. You know, the big companies that can drop millions of dollars on Facebook, things like getting relevant searches and stuff. You know, a lot of those tricks have dried up. You know, used to be able to do it through different courses. But as time has gone, gone on, the big companies have figured out those means and have really streamlined to extract as much money as possible for their listings. Having an alternative platform to deliver that media that gives medium to small businesses you know, much more power and control over how their message is delivered you know, just basically makes it a lot more affordable and effective. Podcasts have been around for years, but it seems like they're kind of exploding in popularity now or in the last couple of years and, and, and more of them the masses of people are, are starting to find them and use them for content and news and information. Do you feel like the market is starting to get oversaturated? And if if so, or, or how do you feel like new podcasts can stand out and build an audience? Well, just like taxes, marketing, video production, you know, local businesses need to be able to leverage the professionals to do the heavy lifting in specialized areas. The market is saturated, no doubt. There are tons of talking heads everywhere you look. So it's important to have a platform with a strategy for that promotion. So building an audience doesn't happen overnight, and you know, it can take a while. So, but the consistency in your message and the frequency help people find what they need. So you have to stay at it, be steadily improving what you're doing, and get professional development and training. That's another big thing that you know the platform that I'm part of offers is we help people actually hone in their message and actually help them get practice at being a host you know, of their shows and to get the message across the best way. So what questions do you think 
people or, or companies should ask themselves when deciding to whether or not to launch a new podcast? Okay. Well, the questions are different depending on their focus. You know, I think... You know, if a, if a podcaster wants to be funny, do they have enough material? And are they really funny? I want to be funny. Yes, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> exactly. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's a focus is education, who in their arena can they feature to add to that message? If it's a business, it's not enough to just want an audience to hear them. They need to consider what the audience wants to hear and needs to hear. You know, what are the missing pieces in the customer journey, right? A podcast can answer that for people. I'll work on the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to work on that. So what are your tips for aspiring podcasters on creating a, just a great show that people will want to listen to? Any tools or resources that they should seek out as they get started? Any specific equipment? Any recommendations on what services to use? Well, ideally training. I mean, a lot of people work with coaches to basically hone like their 60 second or 30 second commercials. Well, if you're about to put your voice out there, put your image out there, you want to make sure that you've had some practice in getting that out there and some guidance too and what people are looking for look at what other people are doing so the thing is go out there there's tons of podcasts tons of shows out there see what they're doing look for the ones that are relevant to what you want to talk about you know and nothing's wrong with borrowing imitation is the sincerest form of flattery right <laughs> so basically you know kind of get out there and see what's going on and then change it for your needs now as far as gear goes you know i'm also part of a company called kennedy zng here and uh you know we sell the gear you know that you could use for audio production but you need to have a decent microphone you can use usb microphones you know if you're just going to do an audio only podcast you can get uh, computer microphones and then you have to figure out what's in your show or you can have guests. You know, if that's the case, then you probably need multiple microphones, um, headphones so you can actually sit here and monitor what you're saying so you can actually hear that you sound good, you know, that your levels are high enough, that the quality is there. Um, you need a computer to edit. You need some software to edit. And then, of course, you need a place to put it. And, uh, you know, there's Apple Podcasts now. They, you know, switched from iTunes, and now they're calling it Podcast. There's SoundCloud, which is what uh, Plano Pulse uses. There's Buzzsprout, Podbean, and a whole bunch of others. So some of them are free, and some of them are not. But um, there are also some platforms that, uh, you know, will put you on a whole bunch of different ones at once. And then also, too, with an on-demand podcast, you can also do internet radio. And those are usually subscriptions. You pay a monthly fee, and uh, you actually have your own internet radio station that can, people can tune into. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of fun as well. I know it's really hard to believe, but no practice here. Just jumped right in. Oh, no, you do amazing. <laughs> I mean, you make, no. you make it look easy. So. <clears throat> so you are the pro in these areas, and we'd love to know, what are some of your favorite podcasts or videos that you like to watch? Well, the Plano Pulse, of course. You know. <laughs> Good, Good answer. answer. Yeah. Right. Good answer. There you go. That's the one I listen to every month. <laughs> so, what are the ones you like that you're not paid to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I obviously I do enjoy the shows that I record professionally. But as far as uh, what I tend to consume, you know, I'm always looking. You know, I, I I watch a lot of equipment reviews, a lot of technique videos, editing, audio engineering a lot of things that are just relevant because like I said I really love what I do so to me that's a big interest I can't sit here and name names but I go on YouTube 
and I watch videos that are relevant to, you know, certain things that are coming out, certain techniques. And uh, I'm just a general consumer of, uh, you know, video production and audio production media. So I got started in listening to podcasts through My Favorite Murder, which is a huge, hugely popular that. podcast. Yes. Um, but then <laughs> I've since, I really like the, um, like the LA Times and the New York Times have started putting out some of their big stories mm-hmm. in podcast form. And that's just so handy because sometimes you just don't have time to sit down and read but you can listen while you're doing other things. So it's been kind of fun to have that as an option. Yeah, and speaking about time, that's what's so great about a podcast. You know, people always ask, well, how long should it be? You know, because you see a lot of them are an hour long. I mean, who really has time to sit there for an hour straight and listen to a podcast? So I usually tell people somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes because here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, pretty much driving anywhere is 20 to 30 minutes. Mm So, you know, I want something that people can start listening to and finish listening to while they're in their car, while they're getting their workout, you know. So basically making it easy for people to consume is, you know, really helps people enjoy your media and listen to it and follow it. Yeah, anything much longer than that becomes a, a mini a mini series for me. So <laughs> Exactly. Then it becomes a commitment. Yeah. And who who needs more commitments now when we're being asked to do a lot more for a lot less, you know? So Absolutely. So we do work with you a lot um, through the chamber as as the producer of our podcast, but you're also a member of the chamber. So thank you for that. But what do you think is the most valuable thing about being involved in the Plano Chamber? The networking. I mean, you know, the Plano Chamber has an amazing crew. And I have to say that as a business, when I joined, what is it, almost five years ago now, I really saw a paradigm shift in my business. You know, that's when the active networking, when people really start supporting you. But, you know, you don't get that benefit overnight. You know, you got to you got to participate. You got to get to know people because that's really what it is. You know, when you're trying to do business, get people to, you know, spend money with you, you know, where you're helping them produce media and things like that. It really helps to build relationships so people can trust that their investment in you is obviously going to come back to them and help them out as well. So the Plano Chamber gives a good uh, focus for businesses to do that. And I've very much enjoyed the events. They're a lot of fun, you know, great people. And uh, it's probably the best thing I've done as a business owner. Great, great advice. A great advice to new members that uh, not only just joining, but you have to participate. That's great. Well. You know, we've heard a lot about your business, and but we'd like to know a little bit more about you and what you do in your spare time. Well, sounds like it sounds like <laughs> it's all encompassing, but we we throw that out there anyway. Well, since since I had my daughter a couple of years ago, um, I have set hours now. So basically, yeah, when I have you know I have my time, you know, from the morning to the afternoon when I pick her up, and basically I'm working during that time. But uh, in the time when I'm with her, we're just hanging out, having a lot of fun, you know, watching her grow up. Like right now, she's probably over at her second gymnastics lesson, you know, what passes for gymnastics at, you know, a little bit before the age of two, you know, <laughs> running around and hopefully not crying too much and bouncing and hopefully not banging her head and all that stuff. But yeah, the pictures, the video. So that's kind of what I do right now. Before before my daughter, I you know went out and did a lot of photography and video and just uh, nature recording. You know, I love recording thunderstorms, things like that. Just you know, basically getting out in nature. 
and being part of it. Well, she'll get a little bit bigger, and then you guys can do that together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely have plans for that. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us on the other side of the microphone and giving us a little bit of a glimpse into not only how this podcast is made, but all the services that White Rock Films um, provides. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be here. We also want to give special thanks to WorkSuites for their partnership as the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse. Trying to work from home? WorkSuites offices are move-in ready with meeting rooms, co-working spaces, coffee lounge, and the latest IT to take care of every detail so you can focus on running your business. Check out all 15 DFW locations at WorkSuites.com. Want to join WorkSuites as a Plano Pulse sponsor? We would love to have you. And and give you the opportunity to get your business in front of our listeners. Contact the Chamber to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think. Download the Plano Chamber app for easy listening. Share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to tune in for our next episode.